And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. The shot Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. How's everybody doing today? Happy Monday. And I just want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, yeah, like I said, it's Monday. Happy hockey day in Lightning Land because, as all of you are already aware, if you're listening to this before, today's 330 uh, start time against the Washington Capitals that, yes, they are indeed playing their first round-robin game today. Uh, super excited. You know, this is finally going to be sort of, kind of, the first meaningful game that the Lightning will be playing since March, where, ironically, I believe the last game they did play back then was in Toronto. So they will be kind of be picking up where they left off in terms of the arena. And with me on today's show to discuss, kind of preview, I guess, yeah, we're going to be previewing it and everything, as well as discuss how we felt and what some of the positives and negatives we saw in those exhibition games, is going to be Amy Rothenberger from Locked On Capital. She'll be on in just a couple moments. Uh, just, But first off, I want to say that I think that the, I'm excited for today's game is because I think the... If, if anything is an indicator from these these qualifier games that we saw over this past weekend and some of the round-robin games that have already been played, I think that we're going to see the intensity definitely turned up a notch. Um, it's not going to be the same. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to be playing. I'm going to say it right now. I think the exhibition game as well as the lightning played. I just think that they had another they had another, I guess, like level to get to They're There's still. There's still a lot of intensity that you know was left out of that game because these teams were just trying to feel out their own respective games and just trying to do the basics in the game. And obviously, the the Lightning did a lot more of the basics in that in that game against the Florida Panthers. Uh, so yeah, it, it's I think we're gonna see maybe I think if Lightning fans as well as yours truly are gonna start really analyzing games now to kind of see what kind of what kind of, uh, I guess, like team we're going to get going forward after whether it's the round-robin game or maybe what we're probably going to see on Wednesday when they do play the Bruins or maybe on Saturday when they play the Flyers. Um, these are the games are definitely where we're going to definitely start to get a sense of what kind of team the Lightning are going to be going forward and you know if there's going to be reason for optimism or skepticism. So, yeah, and just a little reminder that also that, you know, in today's game, Stamkos is not playing. Uh, you know, I, it's part of the rehab, I guess. You know, they, they don't want to push him back wait a little too early, which is fine by me. I just want – I just hope he gets to play at least one game before we start getting down to the real um, – the next round games, I guess you could call them. And, uh, yeah, I just – you know, I I think I like the way that they've been scheduling things thus far at the games. This this past weekend was insane um, with with the abandoned games. I think I watched like f almost all the games that happened, especially yesterday. Um, but 
just the I, I love the idea of having hockey in the summer, you know, being able to whether you're in a cold state or, you know, you're down in the Tampa area, I love having that summer feel to it and you know, sitting by the pool and grilling and, you know, also being able to put on some hockey in the background and watch those games. So uh, just one shout out to the Avalanche game. Uh, the other day was that that last second. I think uh, if any of you saw it or haven't seen it, you got to go see it again. Uh, Nazem, Nazem Kadri, I think he scored a goal, tipped it on the deflection about, I want to say, 0.1 seconds. I thought there was maybe six left at that point but that was probably the closest you'll ever get to a buzzer beater in the national hockey league um but yeah that's just the shout out for i think of play of the playoffs i guess thus far tons of fights too these players have i guess four months of frustration i mean we saw the fight in the first exhibition game with mikhail sergachev so you know these guys are ready to go and you know they're they're not fooling around so I can't wait to see what happens, what fireworks possibly go off in this Caps game later on. But And we'll discuss a little bit about that with Amy in just a bit. But I want to talk to you about our, today's sponsor, rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. <laughs> they have everything from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Yeah, and also, why spend up to twice as much time looking for this stuff if you were going to go to any of those auto body spot uh shops or you know the commercial places you're going to spend almost twice or even three times more and then you're going to get as well as twice as much as ha- the hassle at that place is and, unless if you're going to go on rockauto.com have zero hassle you know you're, you're in and out and just a few easy clicks so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I am here with Locked On Capitals host, Amy Rothenberger, and today we are going to just have a little preview of our two teams that we'll be playing later on today uh, in the first round robin game. So, Amy, how are you doing? I'm doing okay after having seen the Capitals in their exhibition game. I liked that they won. I didn't necessarily like how they looked most of the time and we can probably get into a little bit of details later but I in particular think their special teams need a lot of work or at least at that point they did hopefully over the weekend that's how they spent their time yeah I mean I I have to say though from looking at the lightning I thought their special teams was very good they scored in their first uh, time on the power play. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, yeah, the Lightning did win 5 nothing, but at the same time they were missing Hedman and Stamkos. And granted, it, it looks like Braden Point is back officially, which is going to be very dangerous if you have him on the first line, if they do decide to keep him on the first line with 
Stamkos and Kucherov. That's definitely going to be a deadly first line pairing. That's um, scary. Yeah, that makes me afraid. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that point. He had double hip surgery in the off season, so he wasn't. Wow, able- I'm count me as one of those lot of people. I didn't <laughs> realize that. Yeah, and he wasn't able to do a lot of the the you know the normal off season stuff that players are allowed to do in the off season. So, I mean, I it, can imagine double yeah. hip surgery. That's got to be a huge recovery. Well, let me tell you that this game. We saw a totally different Braden Point. He was definitely – it looked like on most times when he was skating down the ice, especially on the break or on the rush, it looked like he was shot out of a cannon. And I think – you know, I'm just going to state now, off the top of the segment, that I'm campaigning for Braden Point as the early Con Smythe favorite. Wow. Yeah, I think – That's a bold prediction. I mean, he scored over 20 goals this year on – weak legs i guess you could call them not really bad legs but oh, yeah we're gonna, hips. yeah exactly <laughs> so we'll get into all of that but let's just let's just backtrack a little bit let's let's first impressions and i know we did it on our own respective shows but for the sake you know just to remind everybody listening to this how did you feel about the capitals in their first game against the hurricanes uh what were some of the things that you saw that were good uh and what were some of the things that maybe, like you said, the power play will get, um, what are some of the things maybe the Capitals need to work on? I mean, the good thing about the Capitals and the thing that's been good for a while about the Capitals is they have guys who can score and they have Alexander Ovechkin. Um, he looked great. He had two goals, two out of the three goals in the game. And um, one of those was on the power play, but barely. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, everybody looked fast. Everybody looked relatively healthy. Um, you know, there there wasn't anything performance-wise in terms of stamina or anything else that I saw that made me say, oh, somebody didn't get conditioned over the summer or anything like that over the summer, over the break. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm so used to staying over the summer. <coughs> Pardon me. And um, as far as areas of concern, there are a couple, and those are mainly on the special teams. The power play and the PK, not as much. The power play especially. Like, I was, as we are wont to do during the times of COVID-19, I was in a group chat with a bunch of my friends watching the game, and I think maybe four or five of us at the same time wrote, what even is the power play? <laughs> like, it it looked non-existent for quite some time. And the goal that Ovi did score on the power play, there was three seconds left of the power play. So it wasn't – there was never any sig- significant amount of zone time that we managed to gain during the power play. And it just – our zone entries suck. Our zone mm-hmm. entries suck. Our zone entries suck. And we rely far too much on, and I'm sure you've seen this, oh, let's do a drop pass to mm. whoever is going to carry it into the zone that can get picked off because everybody knows that we're going to do a drop pass that never works. So you know what I had mentioned previously on my show is I think they 
they need to do something different and or tighten that up. And I think the something different is they need to find designated puck carriers and run some plays that actually carry the puck into the zone right? rather than relying on some kind of slingshot or alley-oop pass to get it set up. That's your opinion from Coach Amy. The <laughs> other concern from that game is that John Carlson, um, the other Norris Trophy candidate in in this matchup, left early mm. uh, and was kept out as a precautionary matter. He got tangled up with Nino Niederreiter awkwardly against the end boards, and you couldn't quite tell. Like that's about as descriptive as you can say, of what happened. And coach said, you know, we kept him out as a precaution. It's an exhibition game. There's no reason to bring him back in. And he left early in the third period and didn't come back. And yesterday after practice, coach, he didn't practice yesterday, um, yesterday being Thursday. And they're expecting him to practice Saturday as we record this, but it's still kind of up in the air. So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping that he will be playing in Monday's game. Well, if I had to guess, I would imagine it would just be, you know, he probably got dinged up a little bit and I would imagine it's nothing serious. Um, you know, like, like you said, it's precautionary. I mean, these games at the end of the day, it's an exhibition they don't really need him for as much as you would like to see him play. I'm sure they don't really that's, need him well, that much. That's debatable. <laughs> well, as Me much as see him play. <laughs> well, for the round robin games, like we stayed on the round table, these games don't really mean much. I mean, all you're playing they don't is... really mean anything other exactly. than we were watching hockey. Yes, and they're just <laughs> extended. They're just extended exhibition games and tune-up games for our teams. Um, but. And so for the Lightning, there were some some of the takeaways I could take from this is Nikita Kucherov well, was very assertive in this game with how he wanted to do things on the offensive side of the puck. And what I mean, there was, I believe it was his second goal of the game where he kept going back and forth, um, I believe... Uh, if I had to guess the, I believe it was Palat was, no, it was Braden Point. Him and Braden Point kept going back and forth. Point happened to be, actually, no, it was Sergachev. It was the first goal. So Sergachev brought the puck down the ice and he was at the point. And Kucherov wanted the, wanted the puck. He was in, he was in the right circle. And they kept going back and forth until Kucherov had a good enough good enough shot. And, of course, he shot – you know, he ended up getting a, uh, a one-timer goal on that. But the thing that was actually really funny was – and I was interested to see how many times they were going to pass back and forth between Florida finally stepped in and just broke up the pass. But he kept calling for the puck every single time, and Sergei kept <laughs> giving it to him. And I, that was something I didn't really see that much this year, not only from Kucherov, but just from the entire team. Just like one of those moments where it's like, all right, guys, stand back. I got this kind of moment. Granted, if you look, this was a very depleted Florida Panthers team. Um, they, were mixing, they were missing Dandadoff. Uh, Bobrovsky 
has been an absolute shell of himself this entire year, and it definitely showed in this game. He Insert was, not great Bob gif here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was, you know, I was actually kind of shocked that they rolled him out in the first game. I, you know, kind of just piggyback on your commentary. Um, Jif, I kind of said to myself when they announced Borowski coming out, that's a bold move, Cotton. Um, <laughs> and I just thought because maybe they didn't want to maybe rush him out there too quickly because now, especially with goaltenders, it's all about building confidence. Um, I didn't really expect them to have uh, Vasilevsky play the entire game which was fine because he wasn't exactly challenged. I mean, he faced 26 shots, but, I mean, I'm not going to try and downplay the it's Panthers. Hard. I mean, I, credit where credit's due, it's yeah. hard to challenge Vasilevsky, period. Well, it doesn't help when a lot of the shots are right in the pad or right in the chest. Um, he There was a couple of plays where things got a little hairy for him. Um, he was caught a little bit out of position on certain things, but – that's the beauty of being six three, six four, is that all he has to do is stick his leg out. I mean, we've seen countless replays of Vasilevsky recovering and just easily uh, going from one side of the crease to another in the blink of an eye. Um, but the one thing that really impressed me was Braden Point, like I said, when we first started talking, uh, what a difference four months will do for you. Um, and him just doing conditioning. It was... During the season, he was going at about, I'd probably say maybe 65, maybe 60% speed. He was all the way up to 100, 110 in this game. I, on that first rush where he actually picked up his own rebound and swerved past Brabovsky for the first goal of the game, I was like, hold on, that, that's not Kucherov. And then I realized it was point, and I'm just like, oh, my God could we have like an absolute deadly first line pairing if Stamkos back, comes back barring he doesn't fall down the stairs on his way to the Scotiabank? Um, I have to say that was the one thing that was exciting. Uh, and also on the power play, Mikhail Sergachev uh, quarterbacking. I love that. I mean, granted, we also, we all want to see Victor had been doing that, but Mikhail Sergachev taking the reins and maybe this is finally the time. And he, he showed some significant improvement the season but him taking the reins and possibly coming into his own during this playoff run what an incredible amount of circumstances that the lightning have right now um where it could just be a possibility of just everything coming together at the right time um do you see a scenario like that for the capitals or are you maybe on the other end like we still have a lot of work to do grant you know the, the lightning still do have a lot of work to do but the outlook thus far is incredible I think in terms of the attitude that the team has towards winning, there's, you know, ever since the cup run back in 2018, I think there's been a change in that dressing room that, you know, has moved them from, oh, here we go again, to, oh, here we go again, let's go. Um that being said, I do think they definitely need to work on, on their special teams. John Carlson is, well, John Carlson is John Carlson. <laughs> I 
I often, both he and Dmitry Orlov, actually, from a defensive standpoint, I often refer to them as much like the little girl with the little curl in the nursery rhymes. When they're good, they're very, very good. And when they're bad, they're horrid. Yeah. There's not a lot of consistency there. As you go further down the D pairings, yeah, you've got kind of some stalwart stay-at-home defensemen. And you've got a younger defenseman in Jonas Siegenthaler that I really, really like. He's big. He's, you know, he's he's been actually really good on the PK. And I hope to see that continue and develop um, because we had, you know, we we lost really two good penalty killers in Brooks Orpik and Matt Niskanen mm-hmm. last year. So, and really that was kind of all they were good for, but you miss them when they're not there on the PK. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm optimistic. I don't think, you know, oh my God, like how are we ever going to make it through the, these playoffs? I think we can make a deep run. But I also think that there are some folks that need to get their butts in gear in order for that to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I could say the same just because, great, you know, the, the Lightning did win 5 nothing, but the first couple of minutes up until the point goal, and I said this on the roundtable, that the Lightning have struggled with poor, uh, poor puck management all year long. And I don't know if you watched any of the game, but the first couple of minutes were rough. It, it looked like kind of a peewee game out there just with both teams kind of just struggling I to just get something going. Every yeah, absolutely. Though. But it was one of those things where it wasn't exactly a unfamiliar sight to lightning fans. Uh, Nikita <laughs> Kucherov or anyone, just name anybody, maybe even, you know, Sorelli or Johnson going down the ice and trying to flip it through traffic through three defenders to a, a winger going down the side and, of course, being picked up, you know, being picked off on in the neutral zone or early, early in the offensive zone. So it was just a frustrating thing. But I think once the first goal hit, the guys – uh, we're starting to get their groove back. But the funny thing is, and I, it, this was in the article that Brian Burns ended up writing on his review about the game. And I'm curious as to what maybe you thought about this in your respective game is the players didn't notice. This is what they said post game. They didn't really notice that there was uh, no fans in the stands. It was one of those things where it wasn't a big deal to them. Now, do you think they're just saying that? Or do you think that, you know, maybe they truly believe that they the the fans aren't really a big deal in the in the stands during these type of games. So I think it's a little of both, to be honest. Um, there was some news that came out this past week you know, after the Caps exhibition game. They asked a couple of the guys about it, and most of them did say, you know, like you said, oh, it doesn't make a difference, and it kind of reminds me of. Uh, one of my first years as a season ticket holder, I went to a casino night event where you could fake gamble with the players and stuff. And I will never forget, I heard a woman, this will tell you how long ago this was, ask Brooks Like. Mm. Uh, Haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> no, I don't need to hear it very often. But she asked <laughs> Brooks Like, 
she like she told him where she sat and like she always yelled something or another to him and could he hear her and he was very sweet and very uh he 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 was as sweet as he could possibly be when he said you know really we can't hear what you're saying when we're on the ice you know Mm -hmm. we're concentrating on playing the game and things like that and so to an extent yes I believe that like when they're out there they're kind of in the zone however uh Jacob Verona when they talked to him about it he said that one of the things he really misses is something that somebody who's never been to a Caps game live has never seen except maybe on YouTube somewhere, which mm-hmm. is a tradition that we do called Unleashing the Fury, where there's a nice little video clip package of, you know, pump-up clips from movies. You've got your Herb Brooks miracle speech and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the obligatory stuff. And um, Tom Green, it's the clip from, I forget which Tom Green movie where he's got a guitar and he says, unleash the fury. <laughs> and, and there's a, you know, there's a crescendo. And then he says again, unleash the fury. And finally he screams it. And all 18,000 people at Capital One Arena scream, unleash the fury. That's what Jacob Verona said he missed. And we usually do it during a TV timeout. So nobody sees it. Yeah. And there was just news today that the Capitals have been working on some approximation of that mm-hmm. to play in the bubble arena. And I'm really curious to see how that's going to work because again, it's never shown on the air. So how do you wedge that into the game experience? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, a, that's an interesting thing. What the lightning did, um, which I was, which is actually pretty cool. And I wish a lot of other teams did it. they, they had these reserved uh, times for fans. Any fans could have came and all they had to do, I believe was just set an appointment in, you know, just ahead of time. And what you could have done, you could have went to the Amali arena and signed your name and a little message onto a pane of glass from, you know, from the arena and what they do and what they're going to plan on doing in every lightning game up in Toronto. And if they go further on in the playoffs in Edmonton, they're going to have it. The pane of glass is going to be part of the boards during the game. And it has all the fans saying, congratulations, go bolts, go bring back. You know, it's all these personal messages to the players to where, you know, if the players in lieu of fans, at least they can look at that maybe at, you know, between whistles, if they want to find some inspiration, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I wish it would be cool to see all the panes of glass with, you know, fans from different, um, different fan bases do something like that. Um, and I believe they also had a thing for the players. I don't know. I know it was for, I heard it during the flames Oilers game that they, uh, you know, those picture things where it's kind of like a slideshow. Um, they could play videos and stuff. So they surprised all the players in their hotel rooms with pictures of their families and personal messages from, their loved ones and all of that. So that's one of the things that I think was just pretty cool in lieu of fans. Now, as for the chance, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, that's more so for the fans. Um, I think that 
I, I, I'm not entirely sure how they're going to do it going forward. I think we did say on our roundtable that the Islanders will most likely do the stupid yes, yes, yes. Oh, chant. yeah, we did do that. And I, mm, that bothers me so much. I, I immediately regret it saying that and agreeing to that during that because I was, it's just one of those, it's just, it's obnoxious. I mean, I think we, the general consensus on that roundtable is that we need the Islanders to, get knocked out as soon as possible so we don't have to hear that but um oh you mean the predators east <laughs> yes basically um <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it's cool with some of the things that they've been doing for the players um that was just one of the things that the lightning did um i don't know and i saw you know as far as the pictures in the rooms that you mentioned mm-hmm. i don't know if the caps did that for their guys i know the leafs did it i yeah. know the predators did it and there are a few other teams. I didn't know Tampa had done it, but I'm glad because I think that is a really classy move. Yeah. Those it, guys are going to be there for a while. Yeah. I'm just nervous because it's actually, if I remember correctly, it's kind of down by the end boards on the side of where the lightning glasses, but more towards the goal. And my every time a puck is dumped over there, I'm like, please, someone don't go flying through that glass. Please, you know, don't break mm-hmm. it with a slap shot. That's one of the things because it's just that would be kind of like the lightning luck where, you know, they're going on a deep run and then maybe like in the conference finals or Stanley Cup finals, a slap shot hits that pane of glass and shatters. And that's basically kind of a metaphor for how the season's going to end for the lightning. Um, you know, there's another thing about the lack of crowd. I read recently, they talked to Braden Holpe about it. And I'm curious to see if other goalies say the same. But he says the fact, not only that there's no crowd there, but that the seats are covered, you know, in those panels, mm-hmm. makes it a lot easier for him to see the puck. Yeah, I, I think... Um... Kurt McNunny said the same thing uh, when he yeah was he said usually when there's empty dark seats it makes seeing the puck harder but mm-hmm. if they're covered up with something lighter like that it provides a lot more contrast and it makes it a lot easier to see the puck so which you, I thought was interesting I hadn't given that any thought whatsoever. So do you think that means we'll be seeing regardless of teams we'll be seeing like maybe across the board pretty decent goaltending numbers? Um, or do you think maybe we're just that's not really going to be a big deal going forward? Hard to tell. I mean, can't a hurt. Lot of, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these exhibition games have been kind of high scoring. Yeah, which was very surprising. I mean, and they've been intense, which was the other thing that was very surprising. I mean, I watched the Battle of Alberta and, game. You would have thought it was a regular re- season game. I mean, even you know at- what. The one reason that that doesn't surprise me, though, is because these guys have been itching to play hockey for how long? Yeah, I mean, and Mikhail Sergachev got in a fight um, in the the exhibition game the other day, which was... Yeah, in an exhibition game. Okay, uh, go there off, was a, I guess. And there was also, and I think I think it was Brandon Lemieux, but even in the Islander Ranger yes, game... Yes, it was Lemieux. Of course it was Lemieux. Which was kidding? funny because he suspended for, I think, a game right? or so, so. He needed to get something in. Uh, so yeah, I think pandemic exhibition games or not, these guys don't care. They're just going to go out there and play hockey the only way they know how. Um, I know that the league was kind of trying to discourage a little bit, you know, of the fighting part, uh, given everything going on, but I don't think these guys care that, you know, at this point, they just want to play hockey and that's sometimes a fight could turn 
the game around for your team. So, you know, true. So- I, you know, it's always been my philosophy that I don't need to see fighting in hockey. Right. I, you know, I don't want to say it has no place in hockey. Obviously right. it has a place in hockey. It has for some time. However, I don't necessarily like that it does. Right. Um, I think it's just one of those, I think like a, it, it depends on the team, whether how you feel about it. I know for the lightning, I think like, this team has kind of strayed away from being that physical team. And there's been certain times during the season where they've kind of gotten bullied, but they really turned it around once they signed Zach Bogosian and picked up Blake Coleman, who we'll talk about in a little bit. A little birdie told me that you want to talk about Blake Coleman. Um, But yeah, I mean, and Barkley Goodrow and Pat Maroon, I mean, that Boston game, I don't know if you watched that last series against Boston. That was just – you would have thought it was WrestleMania how much fighting was going on. I did that see game. that. The number of people that think it's okay – I know this is not lightning-centric, but to think it's okay to take on Zdeno Chara is mystifying to me. <laughs> well, Maroon and Chara have, have history, so it's nothing new for those two to go at each other. I believe they had – something go on during the cup finals last year when Maroon was with St. Louis. Mm. Um, So maybe they were just picking up where they left off. I was very skeptical about a lot of these trades at the deadline that the lightning made because you're giving away two first round draft picks. Granted, one of them was given to them. It didn't belong to you in the first place. Yeah. So, and I think the condition was that uh, Vancouver, they couldn't make the playoffs and it would have been a pretty, it would have, I believe that the lightning would have kept the pick anyway. Um, but, and we traded our top prospect. And then, so I guess I have to say Blake Coleman in his first game, even though he was still trying to get on the same page as his teammates, he won me over right away. Just his, his ability to cause, havoc on the pk as well as just you know he's not exactly a big guy but he plays like one yep which, which I will is agree. which i love um and he's and he's even in that boston game he gotten like chara's face a couple of times i believe he got bergeron's face a couple of times i mean there was many times where half the lightning team got in marshan's face but i mean that was probably he probably he definitely deserved that but um Let's go into talking about Monday's game. Now, what are you looking forward to from your caps to do against my lightning? Are you looking now is a win or loss going to be a big deal for you? Or are you just looking for them to improve from their, their previous game? I'm looking for them to improve from their previous game. I'm also kind of looking forward to seeing them play the lightning again. I have very fond memories of the, playoff series between them a couple of years ago and uh i'm not sure that the tampa bay has fond <laughs> memories of that series and we're not going to talk about it it's not like last year's playoff run was all that long either Mm-mm. but um yeah i'm i'm curious to see you know it's been so long since the regular season i can't remember what happened when we played them or even if we played them more than once yeah i i mean it's it's the out of division teams when the lightning play them those maybe it's just because those games don't really mean as much because i'm more of a let's just win the division we don't have to win the president's trophy we don't necessarily have to come in 
the one two spot in in the conference. I just want to win the division, regardless, whatever that means. So, you know, if I had to, th- those games aren't exactly memorable to me. But now that it's the playoffs, it, it's kind of frustrating to right off the top of the head. And I'm actually searching for it as we speak. Yeah. So the first game, you guys beat us 4 3 in OT. And that was in, that was at home in November. Um, and then you beat us at home in Tampa 5 2. And then a week later, you beat us once again, three, one. So I, that was, you could chalk that up to us kind of going through our, our slow start in the beginning of the season. Cause the lightning technically didn't get their act together till maybe uh, early to mid February. Um, do you remember how the caps were playing at that point in time? Um, mm, I think they were starting to slump at that point. Actually, there's a little bit of a dip. Pardon me. They got off to kind of a rough start and then, or no, they got off to kind of a quick start. And then there was a little dip in Brayden Holpe's performance mostly. But it's hard to remember at this point when you, you know, when there's all of a sudden just a stop to play. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of what it was like before that, especially since it's been four months. Yeah. Which seemed like four years. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, it's it was kind of, the Lightning were kind of, if I had to say where they were at that point in time, they were, they, they had that, that long winning streak, and then they lost five in a row. Uh, like I said, during the round table, they were kind of playing down, other than maybe the, because they beat the Avalanche. They They played a great game against the Penguins. They played very well against Edmonton. And then they go into Vegas on this West Coast trip, this very short West Coast trip, um, losing to Vegas and Arizona. And then they were – it just seemed like they kind of lost who they were at that point. The guys looked just tired. Um, Vasilevsky looked like he needed a break. Uh, and then they played Toronto. They lost a very close game. And then they got outplayed outright by Chicago, which was one of those things where I was ready to sound the alarm. I mean, if you listen to my show at that point in time, I was losing my mind in terms of how do you lose to a team like Chicago? Because they weren't exactly playing well at that time either. But uh, I think, like I said on the roundtable, the, the pause came at the best time, even though they had that big win against Boston. Um, but then they come, they turn around and lose in a shootout to Detroit. You know, they were very, at certain times, a very Jekyll and Hyde team, which is scary because they come out and play these almost flawless games against Boston, win or lose, and then they play down to the level of Detroit, which is who are, you know, the, one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, um, playing down to your opponent is something that, the Caps are familiar with as well and have been for some time. Like it doesn't always happen, but when it happens, it happens for a while and then it goes away and then all of a sudden, Hey, it's back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. You know, I'm not one for manufactured rivalries, but the fact that, that, 
yeah, we that, manage to that Kane's rivalry is ridiculous. I'm just gonna um, I'm gonna side with you on that. Yeah, I had a lot to say this week on my podcast about that. <laughs> um, especially going into I was very upset that both the coach and the local announcers used the R word in discussing oh boy. the hurricane. So that that narrative's gonna stick and I'm not yeah. gonna like it. The only the only rivals I really look at for the lightning are Boston, maybe Toronto. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, maybe now Columbus, uh, and speaking of Columbus, they look like an absolute machine in their first game. The Leafs better be terrified. Yeah. Um, the thing is though, I think, you know, if we're talking about playing down to our opponent, that, that Toronto, the winner of that Toronto Blue Jacket series looks very enticing for the Lightning. Um, and do I think they're going to get the first seed? No, but I think whoever they play at that Toronto Blue Jacket series, I think that's very, I think that's a good matchup for them. Um, but going back to the point you made about this game on Monday, I, I want to see Stamkos play. Do I think he's going to play? We still don't know. Um, he's still going through some rehab stuff that he's doing. I mean, he's participating fully in practice but he's still doing some stuff on the side and they have him on the timetable. So we're still not exactly sure. Uh, Hedman should be back with the team by the end of this week on Friday. So yeah, today while we're recording this, he should be back with the team. Um, and it's nothing physical with him. It's just, he was attending to some personal matters. Uh, but yeah, they, I want to see them have a full team by the time they, at least by the time they play Boston or Philadelphia, uh, but I really want to see that Stamkos point Kucherov line just because I want to see the potential it has. This could definitely be a line that could average maybe two points a game. If I'm going to go out on a limb and say that maybe three, um, just because of now that we have point back, uh, Stamkos is going to be Stamkos as long as he's healthy and Kucherov looks the looks like he's now being assertive and he says I'm not playing around anymore especially after last season where he scored the most points in the season and then you had to start putting up flyers in that blue jacket series because he went missing the entire time but the one thing and this might play into you your caps kind of in their favor is that this lightning team takes a lot of dumb penalties and it's it's not it's well, a lot. Well, if of, we can't fix our power play, it's not going to mean a damn thing. <laughs> that, well, that's true. I mean, <laughs> they, it, I mean, the Lightning, especially they. I think they took two or three penalties in this game where it, it was it was like high sticking. It was stuff that they teach you how to to not do, and you you know your first pee wee practice stuff like that. Other than the skills, but I mean, I think this team because they were they were I guess you could say average on the PK. And I don't know who your PK uh, unit is for you guys, but uh, your, your power play unit is, but our, you know, I'm just not entirely sold on our PK just yet, even though the reviews are raving. Top unit is Ovi, Backstrom, Oshie, Carlson, Orlov, I think. Okay. And if I remember correctly, don't hold me to that. And what's your really by memory. And what's your PK? Haglin, Siegenthaler, 
Oh, and I can't remember the other two. Well, our first That's line, horrible. our first line power play is Kalorn, Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, and Hedman. So terrifying yeah i hope you don't have nightmares about that just because that's that's the kind of thing where lightning fans look at that especially now that point is 100 percent, and this is such a huge deal that he's 100 percent now and he's because he had an incredible training camp and then for that to carry over even though it's an exhibition and Robofsky is you know all of both of us could possibly go out there and do just as well as he did. And once again, I'd like to thank Amy Rothenberger from Locked On Capitals for coming on today's show to do a little bit of a preview of the game that will go on later on today with between our Tampa Bay Lightning and her Washington Capitals. Uh, you know, without Stamkos, I feel like we're just going to get the same lines as we did in the other games. So don't expect anything too crazy from Coop and, this, and the coaching staff. Uh, I expect them, like I said, I believe I said in the interview, I said maybe a 4-2, um, either it was in the interview or I, the crossover afterwards when we were just talking. I believe I told her Cap's probably going to win this game 4-2, and I still stand by that. Um, I know today's episode went a little bit longer than we normally do, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it because I definitely did as well. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next